Hey, what's up? What's happening out there? Welcome in to another edition of the uh, starting lineup. Starting lineup of podcast here. Travis Sparks flying solo uh, once again as of now and done, done and uh, dusted. Major League Baseball a trade a deadline has uh, come and uh, gone and well, Cardinals said uh, goodbye to uh, some uh, players. You bet I'll get into uh, that coming up here uh, shortly. And, well, Cubs didn't really do a whole lot. We'll get into that as well as we'll take a look at what's happening in Major League Baseball and where the uh, standings here as we begin the month of August. That's right. Start a new month here. And that can only mean... Playoff push come in, trade deadline and come in, gone from Major League Baseball. Training camps getting in full swing for NFL, college football coming up soon. And, of course, high school football returning as well, as well as all of the fall sports as well. So exciting times here in the month of August. And speaking of college football starting there is definitely some things to monitor there in the world of college football with some conference realignment as things look not looking too good for the Pac-12 as a conference as a whole. Uh, that could mean good things for the Big Ten and the Big 12 there from that perspective. So uh, I'll hit up on that a little bit as well. And also we get to uh, some NASCAR, and the NASCAR playoff picture is heating up. Four races left to go before the uh, playoffs get underway. So I'll uh, recap what happened in uh, Richmond last week and get a set for what's going on in Michigan this week with four races to go before the uh, playoffs. And I'll recap, pick them as well as I did see Eric earlier this week. And uh, we did have a pick them going on for the uh, Richmond race. So I'll uh, tell you about that and recap that as well as at least get you my pick for this week because, well, spoiler alert, Eric did win this week's pick them. But I know that he can't pick this driver. Uh, so... I know that my pick is safe no matter who he picks before me. So uh, that really doesn't matter from uh, that aspect uh, there. So uh, welcome in to the show. Of course, the starting lineup would not be possible without the uh, folks from McMahon Meeks, Tingley Insurance Agency, Worth Computer Repair, and uh, Teutopolis State Bank. We appreciate uh, their uh, sponsorship. And without them, wouldn't be possible. And without you fine folks out there listening in a podcast land as well, wherever you're listening on from iTunes, Spotify, and uh, the website, fmradio.com as well. All right, uh, so uh, let's just uh, get into it and uh, let's uh, rip this Band-Aid off, as I always say. But uh, trade a deadline. We'll recap at all the uh, moves by all the uh, ball clubs that were made at the uh, deadline, or at least the uh, significant ones. But, of course, the uh, talk of the town was what the uh, St. Louis Cardinals were uh, going to do here on August 1st. And, well... We weren't complete sellers. I say we, but the uh, Cardinals weren't complete sellers. But they did uh, sell off uh, some uh, pieces. And uh, let's just get into it right there. 
right here off the top as the uh, Cardinals. Uh, they uh, said their thank yous on social media, and uh, they uh, said their goodbyes to uh, Jordan Montgomery, Jordan Hicks, Paul DeYoung, Jack Flaherty, and also uh, Chris Stratton was stuck in one of those deals as well. So uh, let's just uh, start off with one of the first two uh, that were made before the uh, deadline, and that was uh, Jordan Montgomery and uh, Chris Stratton. They were sent off to uh, Texas with the uh, Rangers organization. Uh, this is going to be coming uh, Cardinals North as uh, Jordan Hicks. He goes up north as the uh, Cardinals dealt him uh, to the Blue Jays, as uh, Katie Wu reported last week, that there was some talks of potential extensions. Excuse me. There were some talks from extensions uh, for Jordan Hicks, but that did not come to fruition. So uh, they ended up dealing him uh, to uh, Toronto, and then the two deals that were made uh, yesterday on August 1st, and uh, that was uh, Paul DeYoung also getting a dealt up there north to uh, Toronto. And uh, then uh, I think it was right before uh, the uh, deadline uh, cutoff was uh, Jack Flaherty uh, being uh, dealt to uh, Baltimore. As I know that Flaherty was definitely out there warming up before the uh, Twins game yesterday, uh, but was pulled off the field and then was dealt there to Baltimore. All right, so let's get my reactions to all these, and I'm totally fine with all of these moves, and I'm not mad about any of them. I'm not mad about what we did here at the uh, deadline here, and I'm not particularly mad at what we got in return either, and I have the general consensus by Cardinal Nation on social media that uh, no one is really angry with what we got out of them uh, either. Uh, you know, Jordan Montgomery, what he gave us in the second half last year exceeded all of our expectations on what we thought was going to be his tenure in St. Louis. And he did have some flashes, did have some good pitching performances uh, for St. Louis, but uh, you know, the season was kind of inconsistent uh, there. And Duly noted that a free agent after the season as well as well was Jack Flaherty. And, man, we gave this guy some opportunities, too, as we tried to have him be like 2019 Jack Flaherty again. And he just never could find it. I made my opinion known before here on the podcast that wasn't necessarily a big fan of Flaherty's attitude most of the time. He wore his emotions on his sleeve and his stuff didn't go his way. He wore it on his body language and whatnot. So uh, I don't think he was going to resign with St. Louis anyways. So he was set to be a free agent after this season anyways. So uh, he was dealt to uh, Baltimore yesterday as well as uh, Jordan Hicks going to uh, Toronto. He had some flashes as well. Yeah, he can throw 103, 104 miles per hour, but, you know, he was wild man out there sometimes, and he was inconsistent as a closer as well. Uh, man, I don't know what we're going to do there shutting the door uh, with uh, Hicks gone and uh, Helsley looking like he's having some injury trouble uh, there as well, having some stints on the IL and the long-term IL there, but... You know, Jordan Hicks was a little wild, so I was uh, fine with him going as well. And Polly D, uh, well documented on the show that uh, gave this organization gave every opportunity 
to uh, Pauly Dewey to succeed and gave him second and third chances to prove himself. He had some flashes when he returned to the big league ball club this year, but ultimately it was who he was and not the long-term answer at shortstop for the St. Louis Cardinals. And it was well-documented. My criticism of uh, Paul DeYoung as well, but uh, he was a nice, a nice a guy as can be duly noted that also the day before he was traded from the St. Louis Cardinals, he spent doing volunteer work there with the uh, for the Ronald McDonald House and whatnot. So it's just going to show you what kind of guy that uh, Paul DeYoung is. And, uh, you know, he was who he was. And I'm not mad about it. And now that's actually done, I'm kind of sad that he's gone, really, to tell you the truth. But... Uh, I met him there at the uh, Cardinals uh, caravan. Uh, couldn't have been a nicer guy, and he had a lot of criticism thrown his way, but I always thought that he never let it affect him or always took it in stride. So uh, he's going up to Toronto as well. And, you know, the front office, before we talk about what they didn't do, uh, they did exactly what they set out to do. They said, and John Mozalek said, that their focus for the 2024 season and beyond was going to be pitching, pitching, pitching. And what they got out of these players, they only got two position players out of all these deals, and the rest were pitchers. Now, are the pitchers major league ready prospects? No, not at all. And it could take a couple of years before you see these prospects come to fruition or make an impact with the big league ball club and that's a-okay by me because do I necessarily think that these guys are going to be, these prospects are going to be long-term answers for the Cardinals? I don't know. Those deals still, I think there's still deals to be done, and I don't think the Cardinals are completely done making moves in the way of pitching. Who knows? These pitchers' prospects that they got, they could be used for trade bait in the offseason or hey, they could just hold on to them and see what they got in the uh, lower levels this season. And if they perform well, well, their trade stock can only go up. And if they want to hang on to them, that's perfectly fine by me too. And I think Cardinals Nation was pretty happy with uh, what we got uh, from them. They kind of tailored their expectations, and um, I think that that was spot on, right on the money. So I'm not mad about any of the prospects uh, that we got. But, you know, pitching, 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 starting rotation for 2024 doesn't look great as of now. You know, only two players that are on contract, Miles Michaelis, Steven Matz. That's it. You know, Steven Matz has been pitching pretty good the last few uh, outings as he had, as I've mentioned over the last couple weeks on, on this show. So, Maybe he can be finally something uh, with the rotation is what it is now. Uh, Dakota Hudson's going to get some time in the rotation here in the last month and a half, as well as Matthew Libertor. Uh, front office said that they're going to give him a shot and give him a look and have him start a lot here in the last month and a half. And this is a good opportunity for Matthew Libertor to earn a spot in that 2024 rotation. It looks a little bit better with Michaelis, Matz, and Libertor, if Libertor performs well here in the last couple months of 2023. So uh, if not, your pitching outlook doesn't look as great, and you'll have to look to completely retool the rotation 
in the offseason because Montgomery's off the books. Flaherty was going to be off the books. So I think from those aspects, you're fine with it because they were going to walk anyway. So you at least got some prospects out of them. And, you know, there's still some free agent signings that could be had. I think, at least I hope, that the front office has learned from their mistakes this season or this offseason by their lack of moves that they're actually going to put their money where it needs to go, and that's pitching and go sign a big-name free agent or with these prospects that we got. Who knows? If they do well in the minors, we could swing some uh, deals uh, to be had out there in uh, the offseason. And let's take a look at some of the players that weren't moved from uh, the uh, Cardinals that potentially were rumored to, to be moved. All right, first off, right off the top, I'm happy with uh, what happened in the trade deadline because we got the players off the books that will be coming off. And Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt are still St. Louis Cardinals. It just goes to show you that one writer out in L.A. just ran with the story of Arenado and Arenado waving his no-trade clause, potentially to uh, the Dodgers and the Cardinals and Dodgers being in talks to, for him to be dealt. That's all it was. I mean, sometimes when there's smoke, there's fire. This was just a story made up by one writer in L.A. for a whole lot of nothing, and, hey, it amounted to a whole lot of nothing. I mean, it picked up so much traction that Arenado had to acknowledge it over the weekend. I believe it was on Saturday, and then on Sunday, uh, Mosaic just came right out and said, we're not for flat out not trading Nolan Arenado. And he also squeezed in that they weren't looking to move on from Paul Goldschmidt either, even though uh, Fox ran with an article after Mosaic said that. And this is why the Cardinals should trade Paul Goldschmidt, yada, yada, yada. Well, they didn't, and I'm happy for that. I think that I've said on the show multiple times that if they moved on from Arenado and Goldschmidt, that they would have been setting themselves back up for a rebuild, not only this year, but next year and the following year after that. So I'm happy that those two stayed put. Uh, we still have a log jam out in the outfield, and no outfielders were dealt here at this deadline. Tyler O'Neill, look, the, the market was curved, and uh, clearly – the injury concerns that he has tempered his trade market. So it just wasn't there. Dylan Carlson, this organization has already shown that they're not willing to move him, whether you believe it or not, or there's conflicting reports that he was one of the players that was the make-or-break player for that Juan Soto deal to be had uh, last year. Uh, but the Cardinals have shown that they're willing to ride it out with uh, Carlson. And that's exactly what it seems like they're going to do. Uh, Alec Burleson also had his name thrown out there as well. Look, if the deal wasn't right, don't trade just for the sake of trading. Make sure the deal that you're going to do is going to be the right one. And if it wasn't right, and if the market wasn't right for Burleson, then don't do it. So uh, I'm a little disappointed that we still have a logjam there in the outfield, but who knows, maybe in the offseason we could. Uh, throw in a few of those outfielders or one of those trading prospects uh, that we just got from either uh, Baltimore or Texas there. Uh, Tommy Edmond, I thought, could be on the uh, chopping block, but with the uh, news that Brendan Donovan was going to have season-ending surgery, 
you couldn't do that. And, you know, Edmonds, Mr. Utility as well. He can play all over the place just like Donovan. So uh, that pretty much sealed his fate that he was going to be a future uh, Cardinal, at least for uh, this season with the uh, Donovan injury. So we'll see what happens there. Of course, uh, Moselec uh, said yesterday that it, we could potentially, since uh, Paul DeYoung was traded away, and that leaves uh, the shortstop open for one Mason Wynn to potentially uh, come up here in uh, September possibly and uh, see what he's got in uh, the big leagues and the He's just been super impressive in the minor leagues and just to get some playing time here in the majors would be uh, big for him. So uh, definitely excited for that. And your boy is just fine with what the Cardinals did at the uh, trade deadline. As for the Cubs, you know, didn't really do a whole lot. You know, they had that eight-game win streak, so they turned into not sellers for sure. Thought potentially they could make some uh, moves, but they didn't really. I mean, yeah, they picked up that uh, third baseman uh, from the uh, Nationals, Candon Blero. Uh, from the uh, Nats, but that's really all you did. You said that you weren't going to trade Bellinger, and you know Eric was talking about the other day of uh, Stroman, and you know uh, whether you're going to negotiate with him a contract extension or not. Those have uh, stalled. Probably not going to do that, or at least uh, revisit that in the off season. But you decided to uh, keep him, but that's pretty much all you did. You didn't really, uh, you weren't major buyers there, but you couldn't be major sellers uh, either. So uh, I know that's kind of a bummer if you're a Cubs fan that you would have liked to have seen more moves to be done. But the players in that locker room, you can only look at it in one way. Um, yeah, you could look at it that you're a little bummed out that you uh, show this organization that you're willing to uh, fight to get back in it and uh, fight to make the playoffs could have added another piece or two, but also look at it from the perspective of, you know, Stroman's going to come off the books at the end of the year, possibly, and he's going to walk for nothing. Yeah, that's true. Bellinger is going to potentially walk for nothing as well, but He's exceeded expectations there. I think that you weren't expecting uh, to get much out of him anyways. So uh, with the way that you're playing, you couldn't get rid of him. So the only way you can look at it inside that locker room is that, hey, this front office has some confidence, us here in the clubhouse, to uh, make the playoffs or not. You know, if you do, great. That's gravy. You weren't expected to do it. If you don't, well, you weren't exactly, you know, you didn't get rid of a whole lot of people uh, to do it. So you're not really setting yourselves back up or um, falling much back uh, there from that perspective. So, um, you know, hey, Cubs lack of moves. Maybe some fans are uh, disappointed uh, by it that they didn't uh, try to go out and uh, get more pieces to try to help push for the playoffs. But, um, you know. I don't know what you really wanted out of the uh, organization in the first place uh, uh, there. 
Uh, let's take a look at some other uh, deadline uh, deals. Of course, uh, I think it really all got started uh, with uh, Rollis Chapman being moved on to uh, the uh, Rangers. And then I think I said on the podcast uh, last week that he just loves pitching in Minute Maid Park there. He blew a save uh, with the uh, Rangers immediately uh, after that. Uh, the uh, Dodgers, uh, they uh, re- reunite with utility player Enrique Hernandez. Uh, the uh, uh, Twins and Marlins, they swapped their relievers uh, there. The uh, Twins acquired a Dan, uh, Dylan Falaro there. The Dodgers and Guardians made a swap. Uh, Dodgers, they got Amid Rosario, and the Guardians picked up Noah Syndergaard. And uh, Syndergaard was pitching good the other night until he had to uh, leave early. Uh, Lucas Giolito went to the uh, Angels from the White Sox. That wasn't the last thing that the White Sox did. Uh, the Brewers got first baseman Carlos Santana. They traded him within their own division. He was with the Pirates, but now with Milwaukee. Oh, David Robertson, the sell-off for the uh, Mets, started there as he was traded to uh, the Marlins. We'll talk more about that coming up here in a second. Dodgers weren't done, uh, and the White Sox weren't done either. They got rid of three more players as uh, they got rid of Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly. Those both went to the uh, Dodgers. Lance Lynn needed a starter for L.A. Joe Kelly back with the Dodgers there. And uh, the uh, White Sox also uh, traded away Kendall Graveman back to the Astros. He spent one year there in a 2021 there. The Astros would not be done acquiring pitchers either. The one of the big ones was Max Scherzer going to the Rangers as Max not really too happy with uh, the organization's future there in New York of 2024, kind of being a transition year. Didn't like that, so it went to a contender with the Rangers. That's a great move for Texas's perspective, uh, and of course Adam Montgomery as well. Uh, the Braves, they got uh, Nicky Lopez from the uh, Royals. Hey, the Angels, they're going for it, man. As uh, they said they were going to st- stick with Otani. And uh, they acquired uh, from the Rockies, C.J. Crone, the first baseman, and also outfielder Randall Gritchick as well. The Diamondbacks, uh, they uh, got Paul Seawald from the uh, Mariners to bolster up their bullpen. That's been shaky, to say the least, there in the second half. Uh, the Brewers, they acquired Mark Canna uh, from the uh, Mets as well. Uh, the uh, uh, Giants, they got A.J. Pollock from the uh, Mariners, and they also got utility man Mark Mathis as well. Um, that was just some of the moves that were made before the uh, actual uh, deadline. And then the uh, first deadline deal our deadline day deal when uh, the Rockies also traded Brad Hand to the Braves. Uh, the Padres acquired Rich Hill from the uh, Pirates as well as Jin Manchu as well. Uh, the other big one that the Mets sold off was Justin Verlander. He's going to go back to the Astros just like he never left 2017 to uh, 2021. He spent time there in Houston. He's going back, so... Uh, Houston doing uh, some uh, good things there. And, man, they got Verlander and, oh, you know, just uh, their pitcher 
Valdez just goes out and throws a no-hitter last night. <laughs> uh, so the uh, Dodgers were trying to get uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, but they thought they had him uh, until he evoked his no-trade clause and it didn't end up going there. So uh, that was uh, not uh, to be uh, there. Uh, Michael uh, Lorenzen uh, was traded from the uh, Tigers to the uh, Phillies. Uh, the uh, Brewers, they got Andrew Chafin from the uh, Diamondbacks. Um, the uh, Marlins, uh, they got Jake Berger from the uh, White Sox. Uh, the uh, White Sox did actually acquire Luis Patino from the Rays for cash considerations. So that's a... Uh, Odd move there. Uh, Austin Hedges went from the Pirates to the uh, Rangers. Uh, the Mets also uh, sent Tommy Pham to the Diamondbacks. Uh, the Yankees, uh, they got uh, Kenyon Middleton uh, from the uh, White Sox. I think that was the last move uh, that Chicago uh, made. Josh Bell, he went from uh, the uh, Guardians to the uh, Marlins. Uh, the uh, Red Sox, they got Luis Arias from the uh, Brewers. Uh, Padres got Scott Barlow from uh, the uh, Royals. And then the uh, final trade, a deadline day deal went from uh, the Yankees acquired Spencer Howard from the uh, Rangers there. So obviously uh, uh, the uh, big moves of uh, Verlander and Scherzer going into the NL West, but they went from teammates to fighting for a division title there, so that race should uh, heat up. And wouldn't that be something if uh, they match up with uh, Verlander and uh, Scherzer in a uh, future series? I don't even know if when they play next or if they even play again uh, from that perspective. And uh, Baltimore again, uh, Flaherty, that should help uh, them as well. And so the... Uh, Astros really helping themselves there with the uh, acquisitions of uh, Verlander and uh, Graveman. Uh, they didn't really need them. Uh, yeah, last night, uh, Farmer Valdez throws a, a no-hitter against the uh, Guardians as Houston got the win 2-0. Two, uh, two, uh, and, hey, Astros only got six hits. But if you compare that to the Guardians, zero. Uh, so, hey, no hitter last night in the uh, majors and uh, the day that you get Justin Verlander, you throw a no hitter. That's a huge win uh, there from Houston's uh, perspective. So uh, Valdez with a awesome, awesome pitching performance there last night for Houston. Let's take a look at uh, some other races and uh, let's uh, start off with the American League East race. Uh, there, uh, Tampa, they've taken the first two games with the uh, Yankees, and uh, they've won four of their last five games. Unfortunately, Baltimore has just been uh, scorching hot here to uh, start the second half, and hey, they exploded last night for 13 runs against the uh, Blue Jays. So uh, from that perspective, Tampa's won four out of five. Unfortunately, Baltimore has been keeping pace with you as they've also won four out of their last five. Looking towards the weekend for Tampa, they got uh, Detroit, and then they start off next week on Tuesday through Thursday with the uh, Cardinals there in uh, Tampa. 
and Baltimore. Uh, they have the uh, rebuilding, retooling Mets this weekend, and then they start off next week with the Astros for a Tuesday through Thursday uh, series. So that should be uh, good from uh, that perspective. Uh, Toronto, they're kind of losing some ground there in the East, actually, as now they're seven and a half games back with being five and five in their last 10, and they've lost three in a row. First two games, two of Baltimore. They do have two more with them uh, tonight and tomorrow. Uh, they got a weekend series with uh, Boston, and then they got Cleveland, and then they got uh, Chicago next weekend. Boston, they've also aren't doing themselves any favors either. Uh, they've lost three out of their last four. They did win last night against uh, Seattle, but uh, they're on a three-game losing streak there. This weekend, they got uh, Toronto, and then they uh, start off the week with uh, four with the uh, Royals and the Tigers next weekend. So their schedule gets a little bit easier towards the, or uh, actually all of next week, really. Uh, Yankees. Man, what are the Yankees doing? They weren't sellers. They weren't buyers either. Uh, they did make that move with uh, the White Sox for Middleton, but they've lost four out of their last five. They've lost three in a row. They lost the uh, series to Baltimore, and then they lost the first two here to uh, Tampa. Schedule gets a little bit more difficult this weekend with the Astros. Uh, they start off next week with the White Sox, and then next weekend, they got the uh, struggling Marlins there. And the Yankees sent 11 games back in the East. So that's not good uh, from their perspective. The Red Sox are nine games back. Uh, Toronto, they're seven and a half back. And uh, Tampa, they are one and a half back. But the good thing for uh, Tampa, they're still on top of the wild card race as they're six up in that one for the number one spot. Uh, Toronto is clinging to that third and final spot as they're one and a half games up on the Red Sox and three and a half up on the uh, Yankees. Over in uh, the uh, NL Central, uh, the uh, five-game losing streak was snapped for the uh, Twins last night as they beat the uh, Cardinals 3-2. Uh, to two. And uh, the uh, Guardians, well, they got no hit last night. So, uh, they are losers of four out of their last five, and they're eight and ten so far in the uh, second half. And uh, the Guardians trail the Twins by two games in the uh, Central, and uh, they are six back in the wild card. So uh, they, of course, have to win the uh, Central if they want any hope of getting to the uh, postseason. In the uh, West, the uh, Rangers did get the win. They needed a win as they uh, shot out the White Sox last night. They just got swept by the Padres over the uh, weekend. They got two more with the White Sox, but then uh, their schedule gets a little bit easier. Uh, at the beginning of next week, they got the uh, struggling Marlins this weekend, and then they got a three-game set with the uh, A's there. Uh, Houston. They only a trail by a half game right now in the uh, West as uh, they got that no-hitter last night. They got the Yankees for four this weekend, and then they start off with Baltimore in the middle of the week, and then uh, the uh, next weekend series with the Angels there. So 
little bit upcoming difficult upcoming schedule for the Strohs, but hey, they got Justin Verlander now to help them out. Uh, the Angels, they're only five and three in their last eight games. They did drop the game last night to the Braves, uh, but they're eleven and six overall to start the second half. They are five and a half out in the West right now, and they're only three games out in the uh, wild card. Uh, the Astros, they hold the second wild card spot right now, two games up in that perspective there. As for the uh, National League side in the East, the Braves, they've been f- playing 500 baseball, even though as of late they uh, swept the Brewers. So they've uh, split the first couple of games with the Angels. We'll see what they do tonight. But then uh, this weekend they're at Wrigley Field, and then they're against the Pirates and the Mets. They play a doubleheader on Sunday with the Metropolitans uh, there. Um, and then they get the uh, Yankees as well. So uh, maybe their schedule opens up a little bit here as we get towards the middle of August. Marlins, I told you I'd get back to you. I saw what you did last night. You're only 4-12 and 12 since the All-Star break, and you're lo- losers of three of your last four. And last night against the Phillies, you did exactly what you should have did. You had Sandy Alcantara, your ace, your Cy Young Award winner, go eight strong innings, and then you turn things over to your new closer, the guy that you just got from the Mets, and David Robertson blows it. Gives up a couple runs in the ninth, and the Phillies end up three to win three to one. So it couldn't have gone any worse for you last night. You wasted a great start by Alcantara there, and you've just been piss poor to start off the uh, second half. So uh, they are falling into a third place in the division now, and uh, they're only one game back in the wild card there. And the only reason. They're not completely out of it in the wild card races because the people that are fighting for the wild card in the NL, well, they haven't been very strong to start off the second half either. I mean, Phillies, they've been pretty much playing 500 baseball as of late. They won three of their last five, but um, they're 9-8 and eight so far in the second half. Um, coming up this weekend, uh, the uh, Phillies, gave, they got the Royals and then the Nationals. Uh, next weekend, they'll have a series with the Twins, so that should be a tougher series uh, from uh, Philadelphia's perspective. But they didn't really do a lo- whole lot at the uh, deadline, so seems like they're content with what they got. Uh, the Marlins, they'll uh, finish up with two more against uh, the Phillies, and then uh, they have a kind of a difficult schedule this weekend. They got the uh, Rangers. They're at Texas at that and then they are at Cincinnati as well. Uh, next weekend, they got the Mets, and they in the middle of August, they got the Astros. So Marlins got to pick it up if they uh, want to uh, get a wild card spot there for Skip Schumacher and the crew. Uh, the Brewers in the Central, they only trail by half game back now as uh, they won the other night against the uh, Nationals, and that snapped a uh, mini uh, four-game losing streak uh, that they were on. But they haven't exactly set the uh, world on fire uh, there after having a decent start after the All-Star break. Uh, Cincinnati, they're kind of hanging right with them. They are starting, uh, They still lead the Central by a half game, and uh, they got completely destroyed last night, didn't they, against the uh, Cubbies. They lost 20-9 to 
How about that? Uh, Chicago exploding for 20 runs. Cody Bellinger breaking the scoreboard out there at Wrigley Field as well. Uh, Chicago, they have just been, besides Baltimore, I'd say the hottest team in baseball in the second half. 12-6 and six in the second half and winners of 9 out of the last 11 games. You lost the series finale to the Cardinals and you lost the opening game to the uh, Reds to start off the week, but hey, that's okay. You just scored 20 runs, and now watch them. As I'm recording this and as the podcast uh, drops, they'll probably only score three runs tonight. (laughs) Uh, Cubs do have the uh, Braves this weekend, and then they uh, travel to uh, the Mets and uh, Toronto for their next few series there. Cincinnati, uh, they uh, finish up with the uh, Cubs, and then they get the Nationals this weekend. Then they got the Marlins and a Pirates. Not exactly a uh, murderer's row there of a schedule coming up uh, for the Brewers. Uh, like I mentioned, they got the, uh, well, actually, uh, they finish up with the Nationals, and then they got a four-game set with the Pirates, and then they got the Rockies and White Sox. So not exactly a murderer's row schedule for them either there. Cardinals, uh, yeah, I already mentioned about the deadline deals that they made. Finish up with the Twins the rest of the week. Then this weekend they got the Rockies for three. Then uh, they got uh, Tampa. And then they uh, traveled to Kansas City for a a Friday-Sunday or Friday-Saturday matchup. And then that random Sunday day off (laughs) there for uh, the uh, Cardinals. Yep, they got a uh, Sunday off. Uh, so let's take a look at the upcoming uh, schedule. Uh, Thursday of the uh, uh, Cardinals. Um, let's see. Uh, make sure it's the right series. They're still the Twins. 5.50 pregame show start over on 98.9. So it will be the Saturday game against Colorado. Friday's game will start at 6.20 pregame. Uh, Sunday at 12.20 and then next Tuesday and Wednesday for the two in Tampa. And even the Thursday game starts pregame 445 over on 98.9. The game and then the random Sunday day off. How about that? Uh, Cubbies, four games back in the uh, Central and three and a half back in the wild card. So still within striking distance there. In the West, the uh, Dodgers uh, won the other night against Oakland. They'll finish up with them, and they got a a series with the uh, Padres, and they got a four-game setter as they'll finish their series on Monday. They got uh, two random games against the Diamondbacks, and they also got uh, a four-game set with the Rockies coming up as well. They currently have a a a two-and-a-half game lead on the uh, Giants right now. And the Giants have kind of been uh, disappointing, as I mentioned on last week's show. Uh, they've basically, in their last four games, they've split them. So uh, they did win the other night in, I would say, Yadier Molina fashion on a walk-off pickoff there from the catcher. And uh, they beat the uh, Diamondbacks uh, there. Uh, Diamondbacks, they've kind of been disappointing 5-11, and 5-12. I believe if I did my math correctly uh, there to uh, start off the uh, second half, uh, they finish up with the uh, 
the Diamondbacks and Giants finish up their series on Thursday. And then the uh, Giants, they got Oakland for a couple of games on the weekend. And then uh, they have the Angels and Rangers coming up there next for their few series. Uh, the Diamondbacks, they got the uh, Twins, two games with the Dodgers. And then uh, next weekend with the uh, Padres uh, there. From the wildcard perspective from the uh, National League, they got uh, the Giants have a top spot lead right now, one game up, uh, Phillies half game, and the uh, Brewers slide into the uh, third wild card spot there. As I mentioned, Marlins one game back, Diamondbacks one game back as well, Cubs three and a half, Padres five games back there from San Diego's perspective there. So there you go. Trade deadline uh, come and uh, gone uh, for the Cardinals and uh, Cubs, and we'll see what happens and see what uh, the playoff picture looks like coming up next week. All right, we move on here, and let's transition to some college football news. College football news. Don't have any solid news right now, but uh, except for the uh, news that uh, Colorado, they're going back to the uh, Big 12, and they're leaving the Pac-12, and Pac-12 is currently on thin ice as it's about to crack, and uh, the landscape of uh, college football could uh, significantly uh, change for the foreseeable future. Uh, They were already thin ice, losing USC and UCLA. Now Colorado is uh, going back to uh, the uh, Big 12, and uh, things aren't exactly looking up for the uh, Pac-12 as uh, it's been well documented that their media rights deal with ESPN and Fox is set to expire in July of 2024. Uh, They just had their Pac-12 media days, and the commissioner was talking about uh, the future and potentially being on Apple uh, streaming there for their next potential home for Pac-12 football. But what is the Pac-12 even going to look like? Uh, Because pretty much since Colorado dipped out, uh, everybody else is kind of looking to uh, leave as well. Uh, Arizona State, Arizona, and Utah, they've already been united as saying that they're going together. If they're going to stay in the Pac-12, which it's not looking likely, the Big 12, I think, would welcome uh, those three schools, but they're going to stick together. And uh, there is some rumblings of potentially uh, the Big 10 adding more Pac-12 teams. I know Washington's been kicked around, especially if some heavy hitters there in the Pac-12 leave. And one of the heavy hitters to potentially leave, how about Oregon? That is a team to monitor as well. If Oregon leaves the Pac-12 and they join up, say, like the Big Ten, wow, the value of Big Ten football immediately jumps up there. Just look at just from a brand perspective, not just about a football perspective, but you got the uh, brand of Oregon. You got... Uh, Ohio State, Michigan, and then we're adding USC. We're locking down the West Coast with USC and Oregon there from that perspective, and you throw in UCLA as the consolation prize. 
uh, Big Ten immediately it jumps up and becomes more valuable. And then uh, also I saw some uh, people talking about where would Stanford and Cal land as well. Hey, those are maybe not significant for a lot of sports, maybe particularly football, but Stanford academics, the Big Ten would love to add uh, Stanford to their academic lot, as well as Cal as well. Uh, Oregon State and uh, Washington State, the little brothers, little sisters of uh, <laughs> Washington and Oregon, uh, they're kind of left out in the cold and like, hey, uh, we're out here as well. <laughs> so who knows uh, what happens to uh, them as well. And also, could we potentially be seeing the fall of the Pac-12 and that's something to monitor. And can we see the emergence of four, just four power conferences in uh, the world of college athletics in the Big Ten, Big 12, SEC, and the ACC, of course, as well. And that's not even to mention, could uh, Clemson be moving on from the ACC? Some people have had some rumors that they could uh, maybe look to leave as well. Florida State, possibly as well. Those are two big brands that they would uh, lose there from the ACC. But uh, as of right now, looks like the Pac-12 is on a shaky ground. That's definitely something to uh, monitor. All right, uh, speaking of uh, move, uh, f- moving forward, let's move on to some NASCAR. <laughs> Moving on to NASCAR, we were at Richmond last weekend, and one guy that was on the bubble that needed a win, and only way he was going to make the playoffs was a dub, and that's exactly what he did, and that was Chris Busher. He took the Cookout 400 last weekend at Richmond, and so now he officially virtually clinches his spot into the playoffs. There is an outside shot if uh, four new drivers win in the next four weeks with only four weeks to go. Uh, and who knows, Bush or Stenhouse Jr. could be knocked out uh, depending on their point situation. But as of right now, the drivers that have locked up their spots in the playoffs, as I mentioned last week, William Byron, he has already got four wins. He's in. Martin Truex Jr. is actually in the lead right now as he has uh, three wins and he actually has a 43 point win or 43 point lead over William Byron uh, right now due to his uh, performance at Richmond. Uh, Kyle Busch, he also has three wins. He's in. Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, they have a pair of wins, so they're automatically in. Christopher Bell, Ross Chastain, Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, Tyler Reddick, they're all in with wins. And Busher and Stenhouse Jr., as I mentioned, are already in as well. Uh, drivers that haven't officially uh, clinched the uh, playoff spots, but uh, Kevin Harvick, he's a, a virtual lock there with uh, points. He doesn't really even need a win. He's 182 points above the cut line, and uh, that's currently... Uh, super good. I don't see him uh, falling any uh, farther. You just kind of have to completely fall off the table for him to not make it. He's actually currently sixth 
in the regular season standings despite not having a win so far. Uh, Brad Keselowski, as he uh, sits 11th right now in the regular season standings, but he's 151 points above the uh, cut line. So he's in a good uh, shape there. And a uh, also a, a person that is uh, currently right now in the last playoff spot, and that is Michael McDowell. As, man, he uh, swung and missed on uh, uh, doing a tire strategy there. He actually went a lap down on uh, some old tires, and then he also got uh, wrapped up in a penalty for uh, having to rem- for removing some equipment while in the box. So uh, McDowell would uh, finish 22nd at Richmond, and he would only gain a single point. He's actually just plus 18 above the cut line right now. So he was fortunate that the all the people that are behind him didn't do themselves any uh, favors. But one person that did do themselves favors, and that was a Bubba Wallace as he's trying to clinch a uh, playoff spot. He had a good day at Richmond, actually. He gained 16 points between two stages. He took the lead twice, and he actually led for 80 laps, setting a new career high for laps led in a single race. He did end up finishing 12th. Uh, but right now he's put himself in a good uh, spot as he's currently a 15th there, 54 points above the uh, cut line there. And he currently sits in the 15th spot, one spot ahead of Michael McDowell. Currently right now on the outside looking in, uh, Ty Gibbs, he's 18 points below uh, the uh, cut line, as I mentioned from Michael McDowell's lead. Uh, he did score his first career top 10 last season at Michigan as a part-time cup driver. And, hey, Michigan is where they're at this week. A.J. Allmendinger, he's currently sitting in 18th place. He's 22 points below the uh, cut line. And he has had some success at uh, road courses. And they have two road courses left in the last four races. Uh, they're at the Indy Road Course and Watkins Glen as well. He won last year at Indy. Or last year. Nope, that was 2021. He won an Indy. And Watkins Glen, he won all the way back in 2014 there. Daniel Suarez currently sits in 19th, 34 points below the cut line there. And he has won a road course race at Sonoma last year in 2022. But he's got a lot to uh, uh, work to do. Chase Elliott, NASCAR's most popular driver. He's kind of improved himself a little bit by trying to get to the points line. He's 40 points below the cut line right now. And Alex Bowman, he's actually now in 21st as he's one spot below Chase Elliott. There, 42 points below the uh, cut line. So Chase and Bowman, they want any shot at making the playoffs. They need wins in the uh, final four races. You got the Firekeepers Casino 400 this weekend at Michigan. And on August 13th, they got the uh, Verizon 200 at the Indy Road Course. Then they go to a Watkins Glen for going bowling at the green at the Glen on August 20th. And then the uh, last race before the playoffs get underway is at Daytona, the Coke Zero Sugar 400 on August 26th to wrap up the month. So four games left in the uh, playoff for the push for the playoffs in NASCAR. 
And if you're wondering about a NASCAR pick'em, we did do NASCAR pick'em this past week. As Eric, was, I was was able to uh, catch up with Eric last week, and a little recap there. As uh, Eric picked Kevin Harvick, and I picked Alex Bowman, and we have agreed that uh, for that one race that we missed there at Pocono, we told each other what drivers we would have picked if we would have made pick them. So we cannot pick those drivers anymore, but we didn't get points for that. And uh, Eric won this week because uh, Kevin Harvick finished inside the top 10 and Alex Bowman didn't do us so hot there. So uh, Eric wins the point for uh, this week as I didn't gain anything uh, there. And as I mentioned that he did already win the pick him and uh, that I would go ahead and make my selection here on the uh, show. I'll meet up with him uh, later in the week before Sunday to discuss his pick. But I know that he won't pick this driver even though he won last week because he already picked him. And this week at Michigan, he won their last year at Michigan. I know that he's locked in with points, but I'm going to pick Kevin Harvick this week at Michigan to uh, get me a win this week, hopefully, and to uh, climb back into things before the uh, playoffs get underway. And as we've mentioned on the show, if you've been following along with NASCAR Pick'em, that our uh, picks reset in the uh, pick them as uh, we can pick all from all drivers starting in the uh, playoffs on a September 3rd there in Darlington. All right, I think I've uh, cleared off all the uh, topics that I wanted to uh, hit up on this week. So I'm going to close this thing down and I'm going to get on out of here and I'll uh, be back next week and hopefully we can grab Eric next week for, man, he's going to have like three or four weeks of sports takes to unleash on everyone when he gets back. But uh We'll try to catch up with them sometime in in the near future. Of course, we turn the calendar to August, so uh, we're inching closer and closer. In a couple weeks, we'll be back on the air on 98.9 as well. So that's definitely something to uh, look forward to. Already putting out the feelers to uh, football and football coaches there so stay tuned in the coming weeks as we ramp up coverage for that as well all right that's going to do it for mia this week as always thanks for listening thanks for downloading and we'll talk to you next time here on the starting lineup peace